Welcome, everybody, to episode two of season three of the Unfiltered Sports Podcast with Solar and Cameron. Today, a little bit different. It's just me, Cameron, today. Solar is out as he is busy. Um, before we start, I just want to apologize on behalf of us that we haven't really been getting the episodes in before the Thursday night football games. It's just a short time between um, the Monday night game and the Thursday night to for us to organize and really set out a time to record these episodes. Um, as we're busy, we find the best times or maybe like a Friday afternoon or a Saturday, or even now on a Sunday morning slash afternoon when I'm recording this as the 1 p.m. window of games are starting right now. Uh, I haven't checked the scores, so you know that these game picks are genuine. Um, but other than that, just a regular episode. I'll go through uh, my score predictions, and then I'll go through my power rankings, and I'll tell and I'll give you reasonings why I picked a certain team to win and why I have a certain team at a certain place as we enter week two. Of any fans of certain teams listening to this podcast, don't you know look too much into it. It's only week two. I'm going to be mentioning how a lot of teams that I think are going to be contenders or teams that will do well this year, whether it be make the postseason and lose the and lose the first game, or even have a deep playoff run. Um, probably even lost in the first week um but after one week it's and one loss there's no time to panic so um well yeah let's get into it uh thursday night game the chargers at the chiefs from arrowhead i had the chargers winning this one in a high scoring close affair 34 to 30 um division rivalry matchup two of the best quarterbacks in the league. I would argue both of them are top five as of right now. Um, And that game, the Chargers looked great. They were shutting the Chiefs down, um, shutting the Chiefs offense down. Their defense looked good. This is a renewed, rejuvenated defense. They added J.C. Jackson, an interception uh, leader, I think, um, from two of the last three years. Um, I know last year, um, for, sh- for sure, with the New England Patriots, that was a big free agency pickup. And of course, they made that trade to get Khalil Mack, one of the best defensive ends. So they have that two-headed monster on the D-line of Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack lining up on both sides of the ball. And that's why they're one of the best teams in the league and why they have you know, probably one of the best defenses on paper. And they showed that in the first half. Um, But everything changed when um, on a great drive led by Herbert, he threw a 99-yard pick six and gave the Chiefs a free defensive touchdown that put the Chargers back down by, that put the Chargers down by 10. Um, If that doesn't happen, I bet the Chargers win by, by double digits and Herbert has a flawless day and even with that interception he had a great day he threw for 334 yards three touchdowns and one interception if he doesn't throw that pick it's probably 350 yards four touchdowns that's a perfect day passing and that's why he's one of the best and 
but I would just say Mahomes made fewer mistakes and the Chiefs were rewarded for that and they are off to 2-0 and in the lead in the lead for the hardest division in the NFL right now <laughs> that's pretty much unarguable with the Kansas City Chiefs the Los Angeles Chargers the Denver Broncos and the Las Vegas Raiders making up the AFC West some three of those four teams were so active in free agency and really upgraded their team um so it was it was a really fun game to watch but let's get into like the 1 p.m games the jets at browns browns really um look like they haven't missed a beat they looked good even without baker jacoby Brissett's a high-end backup i knew they'd be fine until deshaun watson's suspension is over um but if they can go slightly above 500 until week 11 or 12, I forget which week exactly when Deshaun Watson comes back. But this team is scary. If they did this well in week one, and I know it's against the Panthers, but they look like the Browns that we know. They're run-heavy offense. They're dominant in the run blocking. Probably the best run blocking unit in the NFL. Nick Chubb had 140-something rushing yards. Um, last week, he didn't even score a touchdown. Kareem Hunt had two had two touchdowns. I'm sorry, Nick Chubb fantasy owners, including myself. Very frustrating. But um, they look like the Browns that they have and um, that they have in the past. Um, and when they needed to throw it, they looked good. Um, I'm excited about um, Amari Cooper getting more time as the Browns. I don't think feel like the Cowboys really appreciated him as the wide receiver one he is. They could have had, I mean, they did have for just a year, a two-headed monster of C.D. Lamb and, and Amari Cooper, but they chose to get rid of Amari Cooper and give C.D. Lamb the reins, and now he's the wide receiver one. Um, so I think the Browns will win handily at the Jets. I have them winning 38-25. to 25. Next game, uh, I'm going to go to Detroit. Um, Detroit are hosting another NFC East game, my Washington Commanders. Um, Carson Wentz had a great had a great performance. Two suspect interceptions that kind of let Jacksonville stay in the game. But other than that, a pretty good day of over 300 yards, four touchdowns. Really excited about the rookie draft pick from Penn State, wide receiver John Dotson. Um, and I just I have the Commanders winning this one, 27 to 26. Um, it's gonna come down. It's gonna come down to the wire, and it always does with the lines, especially at Ford Field. Um, last year, I think they were. There's always one team in the league, or even a few, that lose a ton of games, or just in a ton of games in general, where it is so close and the Lions lost most of those games by I think five or four points or fewer in the majority of their losses last last year um, and I kind of see that happening again they lost only by three this past Sunday against the Eagles they scored 14 points they outscored the Eagles um, by 14 in the fourth quarter to put the deficit down by three, but still ended up losing 38 to 35. Um, so I see a similar heartbreaker here. I think the commanders will go 2-0 and the Lions fall to 0-2. Uh, Buccaneers at Saints, a divisional rivalry game. The Saints have had the Bucks numbers. They never, the Bucks have never swept the Saints and the Saints really 
did the Saints sweep the Bucks last year? I remember a Thursday night game, or Thursday or Sunday night game. It was a primetime game where the Saints really had their number in Tampa Bay. This time it's in New Orleans. Um, Saints had a great comeback win last week against the Falcons. Um, I saw a headline earlier today that James Winston is playing with four fractures in his back. Um, I don't think that'll stop him. I think the key for James Winston is to not do too much, you know, rely on his weapons, whether that be Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, who's, who had a great um, had a great first game back yesterday. I mean, um, not yesterday, last week, catching two touchdowns. Um, maybe he's back in, in fantasy and just back in general. Chris Olave, the... Um, rookie wide receiver out of Ohio State that they drafted. He's going to have, a, I think, a, a really big year as their wide receiver, too. And, of course, Taysom Hill ha, um, did, you know, his Weapon X, showed his versatility as New Orleans Weapon X, and he contributed. Um, I think the key is for Jameis to limit the turnovers and the Saints defense to really show up. Um, even though the Bucks won very easily, over the Cowboys this past Sunday night, which was a very disappointing game, especially after Dak Prescott went down. I think that the Bucks looked very um, one-dimensional offensively. Um, Brady didn't look like himself. I know he had, there was a lot of talk over the offseason, um, kind of some family issues. He came out of retirement. Um, there's rumors about... Um, him and Giselle's marriage um, kind of kind of uh, how do you say it just uh, going through a, going through a rough patch but you know I trust I trust I trust that even though he took some time off the guy's like a 23 year 22 year NFL veteran he'll be ready um, so I don't know if them only scoring 19 points against a severely um, underwhelming Cowboys team is something to look into. Again, it's week one, but I have the Saints winning in a thriller also by one point, uh, 30 to 29. Panthers at Giants. Giants came back um, last week to beat the Titans 21 to 20, and new head coach Brian Dabbles. He was the former offensive coordinator of the Bills last year. Um, in his first, in his first, um, in his head coaching debut, uh, Saquon looks back and better than ever. Hopefully he doesn't record because he's so electrifying. He's so much fun to watch. Um, I had the Giants winning over the Panthers 24-16. Um, on the Panthers' side, Baker Mayfield looked like Baker Mayfield again. And he you know, shows some glimpses, some flashes of, of you know, Greatness, and then you know sometimes he's he's throwing picks and making bad decisions, and I think that cost them in the game. I was so close to picking the Panthers and Browns correct score last week. I picked the Panthers to win twenty four to twenty three, and they were at one point, guys. But the Browns ended up kicking a field goal to win it twenty six to twenty four. I was, I think that's one. Of, I think that's probably the closest I've ever gotten to correct to correctly predicting the score of a game which is in itself so hard to do not to mention even get a get maybe more than 10 games correct in one week um i got out of the 16 games 
played last week. I had a record of picks of nine and seven, so pretty disappointing. I usually like to go maybe like eleven and six, ten and seven, maybe even twelve, and not eleven and six. I'm thinking of um, NFL records. I like to go, you know, um, ten and six, maybe eleven and five, twelve and four, around that area. But anyway, so I, digri- I digress. Uh, Patriots at Steelers. Steelers pulled out a great road division game against the defending AFC champion Bengals last week. Um, that was a thrilling game. Nobody could make a field goal to save their life. I was shocked when Boswell missed his first chance at a, it was, I think, a 50 or some 50 yard or so field goal to win the game. And Boswell, I would consider as one of the best in the business. He's been with the Steelers for a while. He's one of their longest tenured players, I think, currently still on the team. Um, and Minka Fitzpatrick had an insane game. I mean, I think he had had a pick six on Burrow's first pass attempt of the year. I think that was the first touchdown of um, the Sunday window of games last week, especially the 1 p.m., and and he also had that blocked that blocked extra point on Evan McPherson. The Bengals really struggled to make a field goal after their long snapper was injured. And long snapper is a third of the of the most important unit of the special teams, of course, whether it be, I mean, being the long snapper, the holder, and the kicker. Um, flat out, the blocking unit on the extra point that would have won them the game that Minka Fitzpatrick blocked flat out just they just let him run right through but on the game-winning field goal attempt that Evan McPherson had to win an OT snap was a little high and that often puts off a kicker um kind of messes up their time and and everything um so I think it was an impressive Steelers Steelers win on the road against a division opponent that they struggled against last year. The Bengals really had their number last year. And the Steelers defense still looks like a top 5, 10 defense. Um, You can argue about that all you want. Um, And they're going to be playing at home at, I know it's not called Heinz Field anymore, but uh, I wish somebody could remind me what the new field is called, what the new sponsor of the stadium in Pittsburgh is called. Um, the Patriots are visiting. So some, you know, in years past, some perennial AFC powerhouses, one of uh, two of, you know, three or four teams in, you know, a decade ago who you would probably pick as to come out of the AFC to represent them in the Super Bowl. Um, really not much to talk about. The Patriots need to figure out their offense situation. They did not look good against um, Miami. Mac Jones didn't look like he had a lot of options passing. Guys wouldn't be getting open. Um, the running game was largely underwhelming. And with you know former head coach and Belichick acolytes of Matt Patricia, former Lions head coach before the current head coach Dan Campbell came in, Joe Judge, former New York Giants head coach, Um, all guys who have served under Belichick before and now they're sharing duties as offensive play callers for the Patriots. Uh, Matt Patricia's experience is usually in defense. Um, I'm not sure about Joe Judge's. I don't know much about his background other than he has 
been a um, he is a Belichick acolyte. Um, anyways, they need to figure out that offense. It looks stagnant. It's boring. It's not fun to watch, and they simply just don't look like they have the weapons to be as good as they were last year, which surprised a lot of people. You know, they were in the AFC East lead for um, most of the season and then, you know, dropped off a bit. The Bills took it and then they had to travel to Buffalo to play them in the wild card round where they got blown out. Um, you know, Patriots got to figure it out, but I trust in Belichick. So Patriots fans don't, don't look too much into it, even if they start out 0-2. They weren't going to win the AFC East anyways. They're a wildcard team at best who can maybe make noise in the playoffs with a proper matchup in the first round, maybe a proper path. Um, But, you know, hard times in New England now that Brady is gone. Let's move on to Colts at the Jaguars. Colts playing a second divisional game in a row away. They tied the Texans last week. Um, I had the Colts winning and beating the Texans 34-17 very handily. Um, but the Texans put up a good fight. Davis Mills is one of the best young quarterbacks, regardless of the crappy and <laughs> underwhelming team that he has surrounding him. He has some weapons. A lot of people have been talking about Damian Pierce as uh, the rookie running back, as maybe a good fantasy player, a guy who will get a lot of touches and a lot of target shares coming out of the backfield in Houston. Brandon Cooks is his number one wide receiver. Um, OJ OJ Howard, former Tampa Bay tight end, who would be the understudy of, of Gronk before Gronk retired. Again, for like, what is it, the third time now? Anywho, the OJ Howard as their new tight end. So... Texans put up a good fight and no team could win could win in overtime so they tied but I had the Colts beating the Jaguars they're gonna want to get revenge for when the Colts traveled to the Jaguars in week 18 last year in a game where Carson once choked and cost the Colts an easy easy win to get a playoff berth and they missed out and gave a team that team such as the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger um a very undeserving playoff berth and they got you know the Steelers ended up getting destroyed by the Chiefs in the wild card round had the Colts winning 31 to 27 you know closer than um usual with the Jaguars but I liked what I saw from the Jaguars last um, last week I think Trevor Lawrence has a lot more weapons now that they've added Zay Jones from the Raiders um, they added Christian Kirk from the Cardinals and Travis Etienne, the guy who Trevor Lawrence played with in college at Clemson and um, went to college football playoffs with, showed some promise out of the backfield as a guy he likes to target and is a, really a dynamic weapon, more of a um, catching back more than like an every down back. And they have a guy who can pounded in the red zone and they can run pound it with um james robinson had i think one or two touchdowns against the commanders last week and the jaguars put up a good fight so um in a division matchup like this in a home opener i think the jaguars will give them a good run for the money so but i still have the colts winning 31 to 27 
Um, Dolphins at Ravens, a good AFC matchup. Both teams won their season openers last week. Um, I was impressed with the throwing display that Lamar had. He had two great deep throws to Devin Duvernay. Um, I remember la- I remember in the 2019 season, the Ravens traveled to Miami in week one. And that was the first game of Lamar's MVP season. Um, will it be a similar performance like that? I doubt it. The Dolphins are a lot better team. They're one of the best teams defensively. But I still have the Ravens winning at home 27 to 23. I trust Lamar to have a big day. He's going to be, even though the Dolphins have a great defense, he's going to be a little bit too much for them. I don't trust Tua to really, I trust Tua to keep up, um, keep the team up, but not keep up stats wise. He's not going to do enough to put them over the top and get them the win. So I have the Ravens winning 27 to 23. Um, halfway there, let's get to the Falcons and Rams. This is the 4 p.m. window of games. Uh, Rams disappointing loss by three touchdowns as the defending champions on kickoff night last Thursday. They've had a lot of time to rest and prepare. Falcons, one of the worst teams in the NFL and have been for the last few years. Even though I was impressed by them, they were up by 16 points. And of course, characteristic Falcons choked the lead against the Saints and ended up losing 27 to 26. Um, Falcons have the offensive weapons that they that they need. I love their draft pick, Drake London, the highest wide receiver. I mean, the first wide receiver drafted in this past year's draft. I think it was I think it was 12th overall. It was around the uh, 10 mark, um, you know. And so that offense has Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Cordero Patterson, who was a beast last week, looking like a fantasy weapon X um, that, you know, you have to consider starting every week because of um, all that he does for this Falcons offense. Um, but I think the Rams figure it out. Sean McVay isn't going to lose again in SoFi. Um, I have the Rams winning by 11, 34 to 23. Seahawks at 49ers, all of the three, you know, teams that you would suspect. The NFC West had three playoff teams last year. And with the new playoff format that started in the beginning of the 2020 season with seven teams in each conference and only the first seed gets a bye, um, that opens up that you could literally have a division where all four teams make it. One wins the division, gets that home, gets the gets the automatic berth for clinching the division and gets that first round home game guaranteed. And then those other three can all be wildcard teams. And that was the 49ers and Cardinals last year. And the Rams, as we know, ended up winning the whole thing. Um, So um, they're an expected playoff team in the NFC, but they all lost their first game last week. And now the Seahawks unexpectedly won with um, Russell Wilson's, you know, uh, reunion there on Monday night, um, 17 to 16, off of a missed Brandon McManus 64 yard field goal. Um, and the Seahawks are in the division lead. 49ers, a lot of people were worried Trey Lance did look great on Sunday against the Bears, but um, it was pouring in Soldier Field. Despite losing Khalil Mack, I know the Bears have a great defense. They're at home. Everybody has energy in week one. Everybody wants to come out and play. 
That's why we're not going to look too much into the week one results. I think Trey Lance has a lot better day against a subpar Seahawks defense at home. It's going to be perfect weather in the Bay. I'd assume so. You know, if not, it's probably some fog or maybe some um, some drizzle here and there. Um, but I think the 49ers win this one 24 to 20. Bengals out Cowboys. Cowboys were the only team last week or in the only team so far this year to not score a touchdown. They only scored three points um, on Sunday Night Football. It was supposed to be a really good game, a rematch of what was the Thursday night NFL kickoff game from last year because it was the Bucks who were the defending champions and the Cowboys traveled to Tampa Bay. And that was a thrilling game. Um, Dak looked great, but Dak went down in this one and the Cowboys really never recovered. The Bucks won easily. I think it was 19-3. to or 22 to three, um, something along those lines. Um, the Bengals, I think, will win this one easily. They're going to run out the score on them, 44 to 23. I think Cooper Rush will have a good game filling in for the injured Dak Prescott, but not enough to beat the defending AFC champions. The Bengals are going to want to bounce back in a good division that they're in. They cannot afford to go down 0 and 2 to start the season. Um, they would have won that game easily against Pittsburgh, but the four interceptions, I mean, four interceptions thrown by Joe Burrow and they still were in that game. That's a combination of knowing, of just realizing how good the Bengals are and how good Joe Burrow is as well. Um, and his connection with Jamar Chase. Um, I think it'll be a big day for the Bengals. I have them winning by, I have them winning by three touchdowns, 44 to 23. Texans at Broncos. Broncos, of course, um, you know, an exciting offseason, getting Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator or former offensive, maybe either offensive coordinator from last year or former offensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers, a very, um, a very, a very good offensive mind and a very deserving head coaching opportunity for him here at the Broncos. They got rid of Vic Fangio, who was I would say more of an old school kind of head football coach. He loved to run it and he was more defensive minded, but you see this now in the NFL. A lot of teams are realizing, you know, you know, forget the defense, let's outscore opponents. Let's, you know, give our fans a reason to come. People want to see these high scoring, you know, electric flying plays and games. And, um, and that's what they did. They got Nathaniel Hackett. They brought in Russell Wilson. Cortland Sutton is back. And they have all the weapons they need to succeed. Um, I'm not too worried about the Broncos. Um, I think they should have won that game if it weren't for some inopportune turnovers in the Seahawks' red zone. And at some bad times, even some bad play calling by Nathaniel Hackett. Um, a lot of controversy after he decided to not go for it on fourth and five and kick a 64 yard field goal with Brandon McManus, who, you know, 64 yards would be easy at mile high if it was a home game for Denver. Um, with the altitude, the ball would have traveled. He would have easily, you know, made it. But Brandon McManus still had the leg. And if he would have made it, he barely just missed it wide left. He would have, and they would have said, oh, great play call. But because he missed it, you know, then they're like, oh, you just paid, you you just got a contract with Russell Wilson for 230 something million. You gave him the whole, you gave him a whole arm and a leg 
and you're not trusting this guy on fourth and five to win the game and get you an even better field position. Um, I get that side of the argument, but either way, win or lose, the head coach is going to get credit or blame. Um, but I'm not, I'm not too worried. The Broncos great defense and they showed that defense only holding Seahawks to 17 points. I say that they only hold the Texans to 16 points. Uh, I have them winning 31 to 16. Cardinals at Raiders. This is a good game. Both teams, um, lost their, their games last week. So they started out 0 and 1. Cardinals were blown out at home to an explosive Chiefs offense who has had probably the hottest start offensively in terms of league. And, you know, that's, that's what they do and what they have been doing in the Patrick Mahomes, um, era. I think that Again, I even though the Raiders start out 0-1, they don't want to start out 0-2, especially in a really good division, the best division in football, like the AFC West. Um, you know, that means six of their games this year, including last week's loss against the Chargers, are going to be against divisional opponents of the Broncos, the Chiefs, and the Chargers, and if they don't split games against them, they won't have a good enough record to be a wildcard team like they were last year. Um, I think the Raiders win this game at home, 33 to 27. The Cardinals are still going to, still going to struggle. Um, I like the partnership. What I saw of Marquise Brown in the first week with, um, with his former college teammate from Oklahoma, Kyla Murray throwing to him, but the DeAndre Hopkins suspension as like a huge weapon, as a big body red zone threat who, who um, Kyler Murray can trust to just toss it up and maybe he'll go get it. Um, that's a big loss as he was suspended six games this year for uh, performance enhancing drugs. Um, I think the Cardinals will struggle. Both teams don't want to start at 0-1 as they both are, I mean 0-2 as they're both in good divisions, but I'll give the Raiders the edge. I think they looked better. They only lost by five points. And if Derek Carr throws less interceptions than he did last week, the Raiders should just should be just fine. I have them winning by six, 33 to 27. Bears at Packers. First of all, with the Packers, a lot of people are, you know, saying, oh, the Packers are, are wash, are, are, are not good. Um, they miss Tay. When I mean Tay, um, when I say Tay, I mean Devontae Adams. They miss him a lot more uh, than he misses them and i would say i would agree with that point but i'm not too worried about the packers what they did this offseason is they got rid of Devonte adams and the big contract that he had and would ask for as his extension came up and that would have cost him an arm and a leg as he's you know in my opinion i'd say top i'd say a top three wide receiver and on a really good week the best wide receiver in the league um, but they use that cap space that they freed up from trading him to get a lot of defensive guys in the draft and take care of these guys defensively. Jair Alexander is back. He's one of the best corners in the league. Eric Stokes is another corner or safety. He's somebody in, he's, he's a position in the secondary. He's a second year player and he had a great year, um, last year as a rookie, 
Um, there's just countless defensive players that they have. They have one of the best in the league. I don't think the Bears um, score that many points against them. This is the Sunday night game historically. Um, in all but pretty much the Jay Cutler, Matt Forte, Alshon Jeffrey, Brandon Marshall era that Chicago Bears had in the early 2010s offense was the only time that they really rivaled the Packers. Um, but other than that, Aaron Rodgers has had their number. Um, I liked how Justin Field played and then their win last week against against um, San Francisco. He did more. He played better than Trey Lance and he did enough to win. But that performance will not be enough to win against the Packers. So I have the Packers winning by 11, 27, 16. Titans at Bills. Another, so we have a Monday night doubleheader for these last these last two games we're going to be talking about. Titans at Bills. The Bills... The Bills, you know, started out really start out the season really great, winning thirty-one to ten over the defending champs. They're number one in my power rankings. They're probably the strongest team on paper all around, and definitely a Super Bowl favorite. I think most Vegas odds, most sports books have them as the favorites to um, raise the Lombardi Trophy at the end of this season. Um, Titans, you know, the former number one seed from last year, but choked in the divisional round and choked home field advantage against the Bengals in a game that they probably shouldn't have lost considering Joe Burrow was sacked eight times and Ryan Tannehill threw three picks. Um, The Titans beat the Bills last year on Monday Night Football. It was a really thrilling game. Derrick Henry ran all over the Bills. Um, But I think the Bills are a lot better, a lot stronger of a team. Um, and the Titans are this year. I don't. I think the Titans will underperform compared to what they did le- this year. And eventually, I think it will be time to bench Ryan Tannehill and put in Malik Willis. And if the Bills be picking off, start picking off Ryan Tannehill as much as they did Matthew Stafford last week against the Rams. Maybe, you know, when the game's out of reach, Mike Vrabel does decide to put in Malik Willis. I love the flashes I saw from him in preseason. He's a little bit undersized as a quarterback, but I think he's more of a nap. I like to compare him to Lamar. He's a little bit shorter, a little bit smaller of a frame. He's dynamic um, as a runner, but I think he's better than Lamar in terms of a more natural thrower. Um, probably overlooked because he went to a small school in Lynchburg, Virginia, Liberty, a uh, very um, religious school, a low-tier Division One. I. I don't even know if they're FBS or FCS in terms of Division One college football. Um, but anyways, I digress. I saw the Bills winning 38-27. to uh, If the Titans want to have any chance, Derek King Henry is going to have to run all over them again. And finally, the last of the week, the to cap off the doubleheader um, on Monday night, the Vikings at the Eagles. This is one of the matchups I'm actually most looking forward to this week. As both teams started off 1-0, and and there's just a lot to look forward to with these teams. The Eagles had a great offseason. They signed A.J. Brown. They got a great safety in C.J. Gardner-Johnson that they traded for from the Saints. Um, they drafted a big interior defensive lineman in Jordan Davis to help guys like Fletcher Clark, um, for 
to help aging defensive guys who've helped them in the past decade, like Fletcher Cox, like Brandon Graham. Um, so their defense definitely got some upgrades and their run first offense. I think Jalen Hurts, this is make this is a make or breaker year for him. I love Nick Sirianni as a head coach. Um, but I still think the Vikings are going to win this game. I think they're more dynamic offensively. They've also made upgrades to their defense. Um, guys like adding Zadarius Smith to, um, as a rushing outside linebacker who can line up as a 4-3 defensive end or a 3-4 outside linebacker, um, depending on what scheme that team and their defensive coordinator like to run. And lining up across from one of the best defensive ends and Daniil Hunter in the league. And they still have great, you know, players like a secondary in the middle linebacker, Anthony Barr or um, Eric Kendricks. And then, you know, one of the best safeties in the league like Harrison Smith. The Vikings defense doesn't have to be that great for them to be good this year. Their new head coach is Kevin O'Connell. He was their he was the Rams offensive coordinator that um, that helped them win the Super Bowl last year. It's a pass first team. I thought in past years with um, God, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Mike Zimmer, Mike Zimmer, the uh, former Vikings head coach, that they were you know a little stagnant. They weren't really utilizing all the weapons that they have offensively, whether it be Justin Jefferson, whether it be Adam Thielen. Um, they just acquired Jalen Rager, former first round pick from the Eagles. Maybe they can see his potential. And of course they have Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison out of the backfield. Kirk Cousins doesn't have to be perfect and neither does the defense for the Vikings to win this game. I think they're the better team overall than the Eagles. Both teams that are probably will be, um, wildcard or even division winners, um, in the NFC um, so really good matchup. I have the Vikings winning by a field goal, 31, 34 to 31. All right, that pretty much wraps it up for our game predictions, our game and score predictions, I should say. And let's get into week two power rankings. Um, this will definitely be a, a lot quicker. So I'm going to go from, I'm going to start from my 32 to um, 21. At 32, I have New York. Joe Flacco didn't look good. As long as Zach Wilson... Um, is injured. They're going to be underperforming on offense. I think they have a tough matchup against a stingy Browns defense this week. I think they have a chance, but I still like the Browns. As you saw in my score predictions, I have the Browns winning by 13. So Jets drop from 27 last week all the way to dead last at 32. That's a, that's a change of five. Houston is one up from last place. Um, I Like I said, I like Davis Mills. I like that they tied a, divi- a division rival. That means they can compete against, you know, some really good teams. Uh, Colts are a formidable opponent. Usually, you know, a wild card or um, in the hunt for a wild card spot, usually in the league, I mean, in the AFC. And they definitely have a chance uh, against Tennessee to take the AFC South this year, considering that the Texans and the Jaguars, both of which are usually not very good teams, um, are also in their division. At 30, Atlanta, no change. Um, at 29, I have Seattle, plus two. If Geno Smith can you know, be as perfect as he was on Monday night, which I doubt he will be um, all the time, then you know, they'll, be, they'll be good. But um, I, don't, I don't see that happening. But 
I saw enough where I can put them over the Texans and the Falcons. So they move up two spots from 31 to 29. Jacksonville stays at 28. At 27, I have Carolina. They dropped one. And at 26, the biggest loser, the biggest fall from this week is Dallas, going from 13th spot all the way to 26. Dak is such an integral part of that offense. The quarterback's the most important offensive position, probably the most important position in, on both sides of the ball in American football. Um, the doubt the Cowboys are going to struggle without him, even though they have one of the easiest schedules in terms of uh, team's record from last year. They, I, I still believe they'll struggle, and, they, and especially this week against um, the defending AFC champions of the Bengals. Um, 25 up four spots from 29 at Chicago. Um, even without losing Khalil Mack, their defense will keep them in games. Um, I don't think it'll be enough to keep them in the game against the Packers tonight. Um, but still a one, a one and one. If you ask any Bears fan, you start and they said, oh, through week two, we're going to be one and one. And we played the 49ers and the Green Bay Packers. They'll take that. So um, Chicago at 25, at 24, Detroit, no change. Um, at 23, New England, this is the second biggest fall, um, down nine spots from 14 um, last week. You know, I was, you know, I was slightly high on them because I like to give Belichick the benefit of the doubt. I think he's the greatest coach of all time. Mac Jones was the best quarterback from last year's class in terms of how he performed last year, um, with Davis Mills being probably right behind him. And, but the Patriots just don't look good offensively. Another hard defensive matchup that they have going against um, Minka Fitzpatrick and those boys. Even without TJ Watt, it's still a great defensive unit that the Steelers have. Patriots at 23. At 22, Arizona, they're down two from 20. Like I said, I think they're going to struggle. Um, having a a tough schedule and without um, DeAndre Hopkins and losing their best defensive player in Chandler Jones. Other than that, I don't really think they really upgraded the defense. They have young, really good young players like Isaiah Simmons. Buda Baker is one of the best safeties in the league. Um, But that's really it. At 21, I have New York Giants up four spots from 25 last week. I was really impressed by their defense. And now that Saquon's back, they, they have what they need. I'm excited to see what they do. Um, up two spots from 22. At 20, I have um, the Washington Commanders. Um, at 19, down seven spots, I have Indianapolis. A lot of people... I, Indianapolis is one of those intriguing teams. This is their fourth, fourth different starter in the last four seasons. After Andrew Luck retired, it was Jacoby Brissett. After that, it was Philip Rivers. Last year, it was Carson Wentz, and this year, it's finally Matt Ryan. People are like, Carson Wentz choked their playoff berth last year. Matt Ryan's an upgrade. I didn't see that last week. Michael Pittman is out this week. Um, I think that they'll beat the Jaguars, and Matt Ryan will definitely you know, acclimate to that offense. And I think he is you know, slightly better than Carson Wentz but not enough to put them over the I'm um, not enough to put them above these other teams that I put above them. Going up five spots from 23 at 18, I have Pittsburgh. 
at 17, down just one spot despite a disappointing home loss to open the season. Tennessee um, up three spots to number 16. New Orleans Saints um, up six spots from 21. I was concerned about Cleveland. You know, yeah, I've, so I have Cleveland at 15. And I was concerned about them with, you know, I think Deshaun Watson makes them a really good team. Um, but, you know, Jacoby Brissett, he did what he needs to do. I, they have another easy matchup this week against against the New York Jets. I think they'll start out 2-0. And they're going to keep going up this power rankings as long as they keep winning. Up four spots from 18. Miami falls at 14. Um, defense is good. Tua did his job. It's one of those situations where the defense is good enough where Tua doesn't have to be perfect to play. He just has to use his his weapons. He can dink and dunk it, um, and they'll be successful. And they'll be in games with everybody. Um, up four spots to 13. I have the Philly Eagles. Mine uh, drop from five spots all the way from 7 to 12. I have the, I have the Raiders. Up four spots from 15. Minnesota. And let's get to the top 10. I don't want to elaborate on all of them. I'm going to, you know, wrap this up soon. Um, so I can get to, to watching the games just like you guys. Anyways, let's get to a number 10 down one spot. I have Denver uh, at number nine down seven spots from number two. I have the defending Super Bowl champions, the Los Angeles Rams. As long as Matthew Stafford doesn't look like himself, I can't put him above any of the teams that are ranked above them. Um, I don't think with losing Von Miller, their defense is not as good as it was as it was last year. It'll it'll still be good. And I know McVay is one of the best coaches and one of the best offensive minds in the league. And they'll always have a chance as long as they have him and guys like Cooper Cup, guys like Aaron Donald. But as of right now, I can't put them above these other teams. At number eight, plus two, despite losing their first game this year, I have San Francisco. Like I said, I'm high on Trey Lance. I think I think he'll be... I think he has a great supporting cast. Everything he needs to succeed. They've been grooming him for this. This is his time. Um, I think... You know, it was a little bit of a fluke game at Soldier at Soldier Field in Chicago last weekend with all the rain. I think he plays better in some nice Bay Area weather this week, beating a divisional opponent, getting his confidence up, um, and winning against Seattle um, in a few hours. Cincinnati falls minus one. I love what I saw from them defensively and offensively despite Joe Burrow throwing four interceptions I thought he was a little careless he was kind of slinging it some passes were a little bit off um, and behind guys and that cost him you know that cost them that cost him um, because he turned the ball over and they still almost won because their defense kept them in the game and the Pittsburgh could not capitalize on all the turnovers that Joe Burrow was making so I still think Cincinnati's one of the best teams in the league and in the AFC. Um, so they're at number seven. Number six, up five spots, Kansas City. Um, again, off to a red hot, a red hot start offensively, um, scoring over 70 points in their first two games, which 
honestly, that's, you know, that's routine for the Kansas City Chiefs at this point. Mahomes still looks like the best quarterback in the NFL. When he doesn't make mistakes and he trusts his weapons, he makes everybody around him look better. And I think that's the definition of greatness in an athlete. So um, Kansas City up five, even though on paper they probably have the worst you know, what people would say, maybe the worst roster in the AFC West. Not every team in the AFC West has Patrick Mahomes, nor do they have Travis Kelsey, and nor do they have a brilliant head coaching mind in in Andy Reid or great offensive mind like Eric Bieniemy. Um, so Kansas City um, jumps up, one of the biggest winners from these first two weeks in terms of our power rank of my power rankings. So at number six, now finally to the top five, up three spots from number eight. I have the Baltimore Ravens. I think Lamar will be an MVP candidate all this year. The Ravens rely so much on him, even though a lot of people were saying, ah, oh, it's a risky move financially to not to not take the money um, and play without a contract. I understand that from that point of view point of view. I think he deserves the bag. And if I was him, I would get the bag. But it's ballsy what he's doing. He's betting on himself. And I believe him. I think him, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, the MVP is a quarterback's um, award. I think they have the best chance of um, the quarterbacks, including guys like Mahomes as well. Um, and of course Rogers, who's won the last two MVP awards. Um but I like Lamar Jackson. He, they started out, they started out so well last year, and when he went down, everything went downhill. They lost some heartbreaking games, even when Tyler Huntley, as the backup quarterback, was playing very well for them. Um, and I think the Ravens are one of the best teams in the AFC. So I, that's why I have them in the top five. Despite losing on Thursday night, I still have Los Angeles at number four. I think they're the best roster, one of the best rosters in the league, best on paper in the AFC West. If if Gerald Everett and Justin Herbert are on the same page, Jalen Watson doesn't take that back for a 99-yard touchdown, and the Chargers win that game easily, maybe even by two scores. But that changed the whole makeup of the game. It changed from a pr- practically flawless game that Justin Herbert had with over 75% completion percentage, almost 350 yards, three touchdowns, one mistake made the entire difference. Um, as long as he can cut those out against these good teams, which I know we haven't seen them do. They've lost a lot of big games. They haven't qualified for the playoffs in the Justin, in the Justin Herbert era. He makes throws that some guys can't make. Um, when you know he was injured, um, the drive before in his rib, um, he was his ribs were hurting, and then he comes back on. He leads it easily for them to get back into the game and you know have a fighting shot, only go down by a field goal, which ended up being the winning margin for the Chiefs. I mean, he can't like you. You saw that throw he had to DeAndre Carter. It's just he makes it look so routine. He's just a gunslinger, one of the most impressive quarterbacks, probably the most impressive quarterback I've seen come out um, as a rookie since probably, I'd say Mahomes, and that's not even that long ago. Um, Yeah, definitely top five in my opinion, and their roster is great. They're going to have a good year. They're going to make the playoffs, whether it be a wildcard berth in a hotly contested AFC West or a... um, 
or actually winning and even, you know, potentially being the one seed um, over the Bills. And number three, no chains, Green Bay. I'm not freaking out about them. Remember last year, they lost their first game 38-3 to to the Saints, who ended up not even making the playoffs last year. And Green Bay still ended up winning. I think they ended up winning 13 of their next 16 games um, for the rest of the season, got the number one seed in the NFC. And I know they choked that game at home in Lambeau against a visiting 49ers team that only scored a special teams touchdown. But but um, I trust in I trust in Aaron Rodgers to make the most of like the weapons he has. I think the wide receivers that he has, whether it be Romeo Dubs or Christian Watson, will get better. They won't be dropping and be missing plays. Robert Tanyan is back. Um, Aaron Jones isn't, you know, the same Aaron Jones that we knew from, I'd say, you know, a few years ago, several years back. Um, but that two-headed monster of him and A.J. Dillon is, you know, still a top backfield in the NFL. He has what he needs. I think he'll have a great year. He doesn't throw interceptions. Um, look for another MVP caliber season from Aaron Rodgers. As long as they have him, the Green Bay Packers will always have a chance um, in any game against any team. Number two, up two spots, I have Tampa Bay. Um, their defense hasn't missed a beat. They look as dominant as they were when they won the Super Bowl two years ago. Um, a little bit concerned about the stagnant, like the very boring um offense that they have but their O-line is just as good as it was Um, you know Leonard Fournette is a top running back in the NFL you know really revived his career in a different Florida NFL franchise poor Jacksonville fans Um, and I I just I, I like the Bucks they're one of the best teams in the NFC and Brady you know he's a clutch player as long as they have him they have that good defense and the good O-line. That's all that Brady's ever needed to be successful in this league. Um, and that's what's got, and that's, you know, what's really helped him on his way to seven rings. So as a competitor, as, you know, the killer that we know Brady is, he's going, they're going to always um, be competitive and they're always going to be contending for a title. I still have the, the Buccaneers as my favorites to win the NFC East, which is, you know, maybe not as good as it was in recent years since the retirement of Drew Brees and the fall off of the Atlanta Falcons. But the Bucks don't have an easy schedule, and they don't. And they don't have a necessarily easy matchup this week against a division rival in the Saints, who's had their number in years past. And then finally, no change. Number one, Buffalo Bills. Like I said, the best roster on paper, a great defense, probably the best secondary of Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, Tarrant, Teron Johnson. Um, Tredavious White all these guys on defense and to add Von Miller to that defense even though I think they overpaid him for considering how old he is this team is the best Josh Allen is my favorite to win MVP Um, he had a great day to start the week I mean to start the NFL season on Thursday and yeah, there's not much more I can say. So, guys, this has been uh, 55 minutes of listening, and um, I thank you guys so much for 
for tuning in. Solar will be back next week and we'll be back with, with the two of us in a, in a normal episode. But um, it was fun doing this alone, get some experience. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy um, week two of the NFL season. So thanks for listening and I'll catch you guys on the flip. <laughs>